guys, it is Friday, November 10th, 2017, and you're listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eisleck, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car, whatever, and boy oh boy, it's been a little bit since I've done an officially released episode. Um, those of you who listen on Anchor may have caught a short little titty about uh, the Accord and a couple other things a few weeks ago. Um, but I'm back, hopefully to get a little more regular with the posts once again. Uh, so this week, uh, just taking a look at a couple of news stories. First, the leaked headlines about the new Chevrolet Corvette ZR1 and what exactly that means for the Corvette going forward. Uh, second up, some more talk about the 2018 Jeep Wrangler. We've got interior photos now leaked out of the brochures and really a discussion about interiors in general. And then lastly, I don't know if I'll do a card that's on my mind. Maybe we'll throw another story in there. We're going this as, we're doing this as we go. So follow up after the bump. All right. So the 2018, 2019 question mark Chevrolet Corvette ZR1. Um, this has been a prototype that we've seen around the streets of. Uh, Eastern Michigan, the Detroit area, a couple other places quite frequently. Um, there's been a lot of talk as to whether or not the upcoming ZR1 was going to be a mid-engine car or a front-engine car based on the current Corvette C7. And it looks like, well, we're getting a front-engine based one that is based actually on the Z06 we already have. Um, pics were leaked of the uh, car that were placed on the cover of the upcoming uh, Car and Driver uh, issue release. It looks like we're getting a revised front end with a much larger heat extractor on top of the hood, a huge, like, massive rear spoiler on the back, making it look a lot closer to the uh, C7R race car that's been going around for a little while, which makes me wonder if we're kind of seeing the end of the run for the C7. Um, if you guys think back to the C6 and the C6R race car, Eventually, they changed the name of that to the C6, or the ZR1R, or whatever. Um, so I'm wondering, since this one bears a resemblance to the track car, if the track car then will change to look like this a little bit more closely, and then we'll see um, the car run for a season or two, and then fall off after that. Um, the, pow- the, the story, of course, is about the power under the hood. You're getting a revised version of the LT4, dubbed the LT5. It's got a new cam, it sounds like, Um, a bigger supercharger, and a lot more cooling um, given the heat soak problems that the LT4 has had. Uh, So this LT5 is going to be making somewhere around 750 horsepower, 680 pound-feet of torque, which in theory is going to make this the most powerful production American V8 that you can buy and have put in a vehicle. Um, I'm sure that GM is, you know, had been sweating for a little while uh, with the Hellcat uh, variants and the Demon variant making so much power. Um, well, I guess is 700, 750 horsepower isn't the most powerful stuff. The Demon, I think, still tops it. Anyway, it's a pissing match between FCA and GM at this point. Ford's just not playing the game. They're all in on the turbocharged V6s at this point. Um, but 
Overall, you know, it's a car that looks the part for sure. Um, I'm sure it's going to be fast. Hopefully it fixed some of the handling issues that the Z06 has had. Um, the inconsistencies with that rear spoiler haven't exactly helped it. Uh, so hopefully this one does produce enough downforce, but not too much drag, and hopefully fixes the heat soak issue. Um, my other question is where the pricing comes in at. Uh, the Z06 as it is right now, um, you're looking at probably about a hundred grand uh, or so for a fairly competent one with all the right packages on it, including the Z07 package to make it the performance monster that it can be. Uh, this thing clearing 100,000, 110, 120, 130,000 seems fairly likely, um, and I'm sure it's going to be as fast, if not faster, than most of the European competition from Porsche, Ferrari, McLaren, and so on. So, a relative performance bargain, but we will see. Um, be interested to know what you guys think of this new ZR1. Feel free to hit me up here on Anchor FM or on Twitter at YSSMAN. Thank you. So, interior design. Something I talk about a lot. Um, and it's also the 2018 Jeep Wrangler. Another thing I've talked about a couple of times. Uh, kind of both going hand in hand here. The uh, pictures have leaked of the interior of the new Jeep Wrangler. And, you know, as everybody has guessed, this new Jeep Wrangler is... You know, it's it's a difficult design to walk away from with the Jeep in particular. Um, this is adding a lot of the FCA flair that you would expect. You know, revised front fascias, smoother lines on the outside, more technologically superior powertrains, and that includes the interior as well, getting a full makeover, dragging the Jeep, kicking and screaming into the 21st century with more buttons, more screens, more soft-touch materials than you could ever expect, and... I have to admit that I'm worried. Um, I mean, aesthetically speaking, the top trim Jeep Wrangler is going to look fantastic. Um, the interior bits are going to be great. There's going to be plenty of ways to control the four-wheel drive system and the technology stuff and the radio and the heater and yada, 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 yada. And it's going to be great. But if you're buying a base trim Wrangler Sport, you're going to have so many blank buttons and surfaces and other nasty things that really, it doesn't seem like it's going to work that well. And I have to admit that I'm a little concerned. Um, Fiat, if any of you guys have been in any current Chrysler or Jeep vehicle that is a lower trim model, you're going to see a swath of empty pieces of plastic that really serve no purpose other than just sitting there. And the issue has always been these blank buttons, you know, they're just, they look stupid. You can tell something is supposed to go there and there's not something there. And, you know, and it's not that Fiat Chrysler is the most guilty of this. Every auto brand is. And it's just, why haven't we figured out a way to cover up these buttons in a way that looks nice or looks purposeful? Like, is there a way to make it a slim, like, flat, completely flat, like, piece of trim that covers all the button things so you can't tell the buttons are necessarily there? Is this something where something else needs to go on the inside? I understand that cost-cutting is a big thing, and saving on money on the plastic trim pieces is also another big thing, but uh, this just, it's out of control. It's crazy. It's getting getting to be a little too much. But, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I would definitely say look up the pictures. Of course, you know, this being a podcast, it's difficult to discuss pictures without having them in front of you. Um, but, yeah, if you just Google the, the dashboard, it's just, you know, a huge screen. Looks like it's got an 8-inch touchscreen, which... Is par for the course these days. Great. Um, I'm sure 
lower trim vehicles are going to have smaller ones, which are going to look weird, and it's going to bulge kind of crazy out of the dash. And then you've got a row of HVAC controls, which some of those might not be the automatic climate controls. Then you've got weird buttons that are empty that are manual dials instead of, like, you know, uh, little digital displays of what the temperature is. Then you've got a row of other all-wheel drive, stereo, navigation, whatever, traction control, um, off-road control buttons and switches, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like, it's just, it's gonna look like, like a mess. <sighs> I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Looks like the Jeep might debut at the, uh, Los Angeles Auto Show, which is, uh, coming up fairly soon, and potentially maybe that we might have to wait till Detroit, which will be in January. So we will see. All right, last up, everybody's favorite segment, a car that's been on my mind, and I have to admit, I'm a little bit grasping for straws here, but bear with me. So the other day, I'm getting my oil changed at a quick change place because this time of year here in Michigan, everybody's freaking out and they're getting their winter tires put on. Um, so I had to go to a quick oil change place just to get it done really fast. Paid entirely too much money for it, but as I'm sitting there waiting, another vehicle pulls in behind me. And, you know, it's a vehicle I think a lot of us see day-to-day -day all across the country, and that is the first-generation Nissan Titan pickup truck. Now, the Nissan Titan, for those of you who don't remember, uh, is the, mm, the how-about-me option to the Toyota Tundra, which was the hey-me-too option to the Chevrolet Silverado, Ford F-150, GMC Sierra, Dodge Ram uh, pickup trucks. Uh, the Nissan Titan, of course, launched many, many moons ago. Uh, full-size truck, ladder frame, like, pretty serious contending uh, platform to begin with. Had a really well-done 5.6 liter, excuse me, it was a, it was a 5.7 liter V8, if I remember correctly. Um, made pretty competent amounts of horsepower, north of 300. It was definitely comparable to the GM 5.3, the Ford, uh, I guess it would have been the 4.6 at the time, uh, and then uh, the Hemi 5.7 from the Chrysler vehicles. You know, the the Titan was competitive at first. It had a really appropriately sized interior. You know, it was apportioned correctly. It came in the appropriate truck colors of silver and white that you see on every single one, at least around here in Michigan. And, you know, it looked the part, too. Um, if I have a criticism of the Tundra, or at least that contemporary Tundra at that time, it was a little too soft in the styling. And the Titan was maybe a little too square compared to the F-150 and the Silverado, the two class-leading pickup trucks by most accounts. And by the end of the run of that first generation, things really started to fall apart. Um, the Titan, of course, ended up running for the better part of a decade on the same chassis, with the same engines, with the same transmissions, getting the same gas mileage that it had way back in the day and didn't get replaced here until 2017 with all new models that fixed a lot of those problems. But that first generation Titan just kind of sits in a weird place in my mind where I could fully understand why somebody would choose it. After all, it was a pretty tough truck that was competitive in every regard in terms of horsepower, towing capability, um, overall performance, size, all that. But you had to be the kind of person to make that not only the big three choice, which, you know, the big three choices are without a doubt the best pickup trucks you can buy on the market, but then you had to choose not to take the fourth route, which was the Tundra, which, at least at that point in time, may have, may have kind of been better than the Ram, but then you had to choose that fourth one, like you had to, or excuse me, you had to make the fifth option choice, and that's just like, wow, 
holy cow. Like, I could understand if you're really brand loyal to Nissan and you've been driving Frontiers for 20 years or whatever, or you had an old hard body that you really liked, and you chose the Titan, I could understand. But for you to go out and say, you know what, I'm going to buy a Nissan Titan over a Silverado or an F-150, I would just honestly say, you're fucking crazy. Um, but, you know, Nissan sold a pretty decent amount of them, and a little while there, you know, they were considered to be a pretty high-level choice, uh, at least in that segment. But overall, you know, Ram really stepped up in the past couple of years. They've made a really great truck. They're finally replacing that just as the Titan comes out, which I think is going to spell some issues for Nissan. Um, the Tundra has always been a kind of, yeah, all right, whatever kind of truck. Um, but then, you know, the pissing match between GM and Ford with the Silverado and the F-150 is going on, and it's never going to end. And, you know, the F-150 is without a doubt the class-leading truck right now. Uh, the Silverado is up there, but it's not quite there like it used to be. But I'm sure we've got a new Silverado coming, too. You know, it's anybody's guess with this truck market. Uh, the upside, of course, to the new Titan is that you've got kind of two half-size trucks, like a truck and a half. So the baseline Titan is kind of a, it's a quarter ton, but almost a half ton. And then you got the XD that's not, it's like a half ton kind of, but not quite. It's a weird intermixing of sizes. And, you know, the previous gen Titan kind of went overboard. These two kind of sit in the middle of separate segments that kind of make it kind of weird. But yeah, Nissan Titans, they're a thing. So with all that in mind, guys, we'll bump on to the end of the show. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eiselike, and you can reach out to me to discuss car news, car culture, car whatever at any given time, either here on Last.fm, drop me a line, or on Twitter at YSSMAN. I do realize that I owe you guys episodes. Uh, we, we I took some time off with uh, some things that were going on in work, some uh, trips to take my mind off of work, and some medical situations that we had, so I apologize that there hasn't been any weird automotive content here on Last FM and wherever your podcasts are sold. Um, I do want to do a short, maybe couple of episodes talking about the uh, current car shopping I'm doing with my girlfriend, uh, trying to replace her 2015 Jeep Renegade. I do want to talk a little bit about the dealership experience and where things have been at with my mom in terms of uh, her replacing a car and the car she ended up with and really how terrible shopping for a car can be. And uh, maybe talk a little bit about what I'm starting to look for as I consider where I'm at with the car that I had purchased and where my loan is at and what I need for my day-to-day -day commute. Um, and then, you know, I still want to do a series of episodes talking about where I think are the best places to stick your money. Um, for shopping for a new car in a couple different segments. Um, it's a kind of a time situation right now for a lot of those things and where they're appropriate and where the news is at and things like that. Um, so, you know, if I get some extra time, I think it would be good to do some short segments on, you know, what cars I think are best in each segment. Maybe do like a top three thing and still keep these episodes under 15 minutes or so. Um, so without that, mind, guys, if you have feedback, you know where to hit me. Um, I do hope you guys have a great weekend. It's going to be a really chilly one up here in Michigan, and hopefully it's not too bad where you are. Um, if it's snowing, if it's raining, make sure you guys drive safe. Have a great weekend. See you next time.